there. Good afternoon. Um, once again, this afternoon, this is the Verses of Funnel Foundation, and um, it is so good to have you here again. And I hope you've been getting blessed so far by our Sunday sessions. We hope to continue blessing you anyway, and we hope that you continue to tune in. However, I wanted to note that um, when school resume, the Verses of Funnel Foundation meets at UI Hotel. We meet at your hotel at um, Mini Hall Year Hotel every Sunday by 5 o'clock p.m. And we meet every Wednesday by 6.30 p.m. So when you're tired on Wednesday and you need somewhere to go and you need to get charged, you need somewhere to rekindle your spirits, please make it down to VHF. It's going to be, it's going to worth your time. Um, on Friday also, we have our live wire session, our prayer meeting on Chapel Tamak by 6 p.m. We pray for two good hours. And after that, trust me, your life cannot there remain the same. It is impossible. You can't be charging two hours that way with a community of saints and go back empty and handed. It is impossible. So please make it down to VHF whenever school resume. Make it down for um, one of our services. We uh, we, we will be avid, we will be very happy to have you. Very happy to have you. Thank you so much. Okay, yeah, so today, um today i want to talk about a very important topic which is god and the Old testament god and the Old testament um so this is a very important topic because people keep asking such questions as um, god of the old testament is it different from god of the new testament or why the difference between god and jesus of the Old testament so that's that's what we'll be looking at today and i hope this bless you I hope that after today you'll be able to give seasoned answers to anybody that asks you this kind of question and even you will um, be led out of the confusion between um, or seeming confusion between the God of the old and the God of the new. Okay, so let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your good to us. We thank you, Jesus, that you are, you are here again to speak to us. We thank you that you speak through me today. That every man listening to your word today will be blessed tremendously. That every man will be lifted. That every man will be strengthened. Every man will be encouraged. We bless you, Lord Jesus, that today every man will understand you clearly. And every man will be able to see even your love in chastisement. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for you are so good to us. Thank you that you are the same yesterday, you are the same today, and you are the same forever. Thank you, everlasting, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. And the church says, Amen. Praise God forevermore. So it is it is a common question. You you're ministering to an atheist and um, sometimes the first thing the atheist wants to do is point to how God was harsh and cruel in the old testament. So they pull up um, certain verses in the old testament where God probably ordered that um, certain um, tribes should be extradited. Um, they pull up parts where um, God showed up um, when the children of Israel were still in Egypt and God said he's going to destroy he's going to kill every firstborn of Egyptians so they show you passages where God um, killed even the Israelites themselves for David daring to do censor so you keep seeing all those passages so they, they, they show you they show you to all those passages um, sometimes to show you how cruel God was and um, sometimes what some christians do is they run to the new testament like you want to use the new testament to cover up 
whatever was happening in the Old Testament. Like, so you are co- you're running from the reality of what God was in the Old Testament and coming to the New Testament, hoping that you can find a new ground and a new base for God. And um, that is not a very good methodology if you think about it. It doesn't a very good methodology because one thing we know is that God himself said he is the same yesterday, he is the same today and forever. And that is one fundamental um, fundamental property of God. That is the fundamental characteristics of God. That it is the same God yesterday, it is the same God of the whole testament, that is the same God that came to this world to die for us. So we understand that God loves us, not only because God came to this world to die for us, but because even from the first time God interacted with humanity, he interacted on the platform of love. He showed himself from the time of past, from the time from from time past, from the time of the hold till now that he is a God that loves the entire universe. And another way, another way you find out that that method, methodology is not good enough is um, by the time you look at even Jesus in the New Testament, the singular person in the whole Bible, in the entire Bible, that talk the most about hell is Jesus. See Jesus saying stuff like, um, um, and we shall separate the wheat from the harvest, we shall separate this from that, this shall burn in hell. Um, that anybody that is not found in any tree branch that is not found in me will be held down and thrown into the pit of fire. So, you see all those, um, um, imagery of hell being painted by Jesus himself. So, you, you, I don't think you want to. Because there is in people's head nowadays, I don't know maybe because it's because of the kind of uh, background I had. In people's head, when you are hearing what's like God is love, what they are hearing is God is one um, dummy that's all he's doing is yo, 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 man, yo, man, everything is fine, everything goes like there's no chastise, there's no um, judgment, there's no justice. Like when you say God is love, like what most people have, what most people have in mind is a God that smile at everything you do. Is a God that um, is permissible to everything you do. That means even if you are evil, even when you are doing things that are ugly and bad, a God that will not um, chastise you um, harshly. A God that will just pat you on the back and say, "Oh, bro, bro, you shouldn't have done that, man. You should not." That that is not the picture of God. You will not see that picture of God both from the old and the new. So you find so one thing you realize is that particular dichotomy of God of the old and God of the new is false. It's wrong. It's a wrong dichotomy. You can't separate the God of the old from the God of the new. You see the God. You see in the Old Testament in the, the book of Psalms is filled with praises of God, calling God all, mas- all merciful, all compassionate, calling God love calling God, um, talking about how God has shown mercy to his people, talking about how God has saved his people, talking about how God is sacrificial. The book of Malachi, the, like, the last book of the Old Testament, um, the first, first verse there, I'm talking about how God has loved the world. So you see all of this again and again in the Old Testament, talking about how God loved. You see in the book of Osea, the book of Osea, you see how um, Osea, um, went to he, he married he married goma he married a wife goma and um, the wife is a prostitute okay then osia went to buy his wife back from um the prostitute blah blah and when he got him back god commanded him that he, he should love his wife so you see god commanded a man his own prophet that loves someone that is a prostitute that he should speak to his heart and win his heart so you see all this interplay then you realize that 
God loves people, even people that are people that are filthy, people that are um, dirty, people that are even sinners. God loves everybody. God in the Old Testament loves same as God in the New Testament. So there is no dichotomy there. There is no difference between God of the Old and God of the New. So that's that's like number one thing that you have to establish. Then another thing that we now then we can then go ahead to understand is why was the revelation of God in the whole testament that way why did it seem harsh why was God harsh on the Israelites why was God harsh on the world as at that time and and this is very important because you have to pay attention you have to calm down a lot to understand this okay so I'm going to put an illustration of myself but before that I'll try to explain and here it is um if please if you have not listened to my to my sermon last week please click on it it's just like a 31 or 32 minutes um audio please listen to it it's going to <coughs> it's going to help a lot um it's also on this line <coughs> so please listen to it yeah so you understand something about when god created man he created us with good intent okay and after he has created man man chose himself man departed from the will of god so man became a god unto himself man separated himself from the will of god and and the implication of that is as men became multiplied on the surface of the earth, there, there is there is a detachment. There is a detachment from God. There is a continual detachment from God. So men began to um, justify their actions by themselves. Men began to set laws and rules for themselves. And the more men do this, the more dirty humanity became because we we, we started seeing humans and people that are sacrificing humans humanity um, themselves unto god we, we were seeing people that were um it it became normal to murder another human it became normal to um do a lot of stuff <coughs> it became normal to it became normal to be a gay to be a lesbian to be a community of gay who can rape someone it became it's all those things became normal <coughs> sorry i i don't know where i got this call from so all those things became normal and legalized it became what everybody was doing everybody was raping everybody could like the day of Sodom and Gomorrah everybody can rape everybody can everybody can do anything to the extent that um the the people of Kush Kush that time in Genesis chapter 11 I guess um could decide that okay so let us build a tower of Babel that let's go and fight God to the extent that men wanted to revolt against God so you see that humanity became so far apart from God that God could not even find a man among human among humans that can respond to him. So you you find out that the first person that then reconnected man humanity back to God was Abraham, which is why um Christians and even Jews refer to him as father of faith. Okay? So after that, after all that happened, then you, you see God having to establish himself again among humanity and how did he do that he did that by performing miracles among the children of israel by showing them that there is there is the supernatural there is the divine there is that vertical line of of command by um raining manna unto them by showing showing up to them in the cloud by showing up to moses by departing um separating the sea to them unto them so that they can pass in between by um dealing roughly with the um, Egyptians for them just to establish that there is God and in the midst of all this it became it became important also that God set some rules 
different from that that man himself had set. So man, man had their own rule. They had the way. <coughs> they have the way they run things, and which is clearly different from God's will. <coughs> it is clearly different from God's will. It is not God's will that any man offer his son unto any idol. It is not God's will that a group of people um, become rapists. It's not God's will that the world become that unruly. So God had to bring order into the world, and that was why um, God gave the children of Israel law, and God was strict with it. God was very strict with it, very very strict with it. And you will find out that even the first time that God was dealing with the children of Egypt, with the Egyptians, when it was um, when He killed their firstborn, He established the law before then. He established the law before then. That's that's another doctrine for another day. And it it was injustice. It was it was in a response injustice. The children of Egypt were killing the male children of Israel. If you read Exodus chapter one um, down the line that way, you see all these all these stories there, where the children of where the Egyptians were killing the children of Israel. They were killing them, and it's all this Jesus um God responding by killing their firstborns and blah blah was a justice to that. The Amalekites the same way. The Amalekites attacked the children of Israel when God was setting them loose from Egyptians. Um, when these people were the most vulnerable group of, on earth, the Amalekites decided to take advantage of that and started attacking them from the rear. And so God vowed as at that time that he's going to wipe out these people. So you find out that God is trying to establish something here. He's trying to show humanity clearly that he is God, one, and that number one, there is God and he is God. Then secondly, he's trying to show them that there is a way he is doing things. He is going to allow things to be done. There is consequence for every action. There is consequence for every action. And so you find out that all those things you are seeing in the Old Testament are just God showing the God showing the humanity that there is consequence for actions, number one. And secondly, for showing God showing humanity the trajectory that humans must take. The trajectory that humanity must take. So let me come back to my illustration. Let me put an illustration for you. So talking about the illustration I wanted to paint. Um, uh, it's about me while I was growing up. So I, I realized while I was growing up that my parents were harsh on me. As at that time, I think I, if I would qualify it um, as I saw it that time, unnecessarily harsh on me. Um, they were really harsh on me. They they would not allow me to go um, to go play with uh, our neighbor's kids. They would not allow me to um, to go play football. They would not allow me to so there were there were games that we like during that time like playing rubber band all those hide and seek with some girls and guys in the neighborhood um all those throwing slippers we used to play throw slippers they look for whose slippers to pass each other we would build oven and all those things like a lot of stores like roaming around the street for no reason <laughs> like, like all those all those very important stuff i mean for childhood because it, it was fun then really so and each time every time i get back home my parents would always deal with me they said they just keep saying something that i like my dad would always say whenever he was putting me then that i don't want you to relate with these children i don't want you to play with these children i don't want you to wander around with these children then i'll start wondering like are they not humans like why 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 is my own difference because them, those kids, as at that time, no one was restricting them. No one, no one was telling them to not play. No one was telling them to not do whatever they want to do. So why, why, why am I different? 
Why are you stopping me from doing things I really want to do? Why are you stopping me from playing? Why are you stopping me from chopping life? From having fun? And um, then on the contrary, when I have grown up, now I would come home, just with my dad, play with my dad. I can remember like for the past few days now I've been discussing certain important stuff with my dad and we've been gisting a lot, laugh at intermittently and um, having fun. Same as my mom, gisting, blah, blah, and all those things, play. Uh, sometimes we would go out and have some fun and all those stuff and, and it's amazing. Like then I, I can feel the warmth, like feel that warmth right now understand clearly like without looking too deep that they love me like right now i don't need to i don't need someone to tell me that you know you know one thing that parents do when they are beating you huh like i'm beating you because i love you so they are they are spanking you and they're telling you that okay they're spanking you because they love you but now i don't need someone to me i'm doing this because i love you anymore because i understand i can feel the love i can feel the love i can feel the attention i can feel the um i can i can feel it but that time it was difficult to feel because I mean, I'm, I'm that child that everybody's, that my parents is stopping from having fun. I was that child that my parents was depriving the, what I would call the joy of childhood. And it was that way. Now, let me share another testimony, like, related to that with you. Now that we are all grown up, looking at myself and the kids, like, the truth is, I, I would forever be grateful to my parents that they never allowed me to play with those kids. I'll be forever grateful to my parents that they were harsh on me that time. I will forever be grateful to my parents that they did not allow me mingle as I wanted to. Because the kids that I was mingling with that time, some of them, sadly they have um, impregnated some kids, some some people somewhere that blah blah is happening. Or I think some of them are even like the top courtists in Elisha right now. Like top courtists. I'm not even making this up. Some of them are... Like just living lives that I just I am not proud of. Yahoo guys, you know those sorts of stuff. I can remember I was moving with one guy at that time when I was in secondary school. Um, I was moving with a guy who was already introducing me to courts in Elisha. We call somewhere Konga Irojo around around um Irojo area in Elisha. Um, this guy was already moving me to the top courtist in Elisha. I think that was about the time that I would have started smoking because I mean the guy smokes and a lot of his friends smokes and they were making jest of me already then. And I was already getting intimidated and I was already ready to start taking the stuff from them and start smoking too. So, you know, in the midst of all that, like I could not see the love of my parents. Why? Because they were harsh on me. They were, they did not allow me mingle. They did not allow me have the fun I really wanted to have. But now looking back as an adult, I can see that they did me. That as a matter of fact, looking back and seeing all those things that they, 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 they did to me, I cannot thank them enough. I know that I can't thank them enough. I know that that is pure love coming from a parent that do not want me to go on that trajectory. So back to my discussion with the children of Israel and humanity as of that time when God seems ash, when God seemed ash, ash. What was happening essentially was God was saving man from a particular trajectory. Man was already on it. Humanity was already on a trajectory, and God needed to save humanity from that trajectory. And that tra- trajectory was the village. That trajectory was was bad that trajectory would end humanity that trajectory is bad for humanity so god was saving humanity from that trajectory so how do you save a kid that think that um what he's doing right now is the best like have you ever argued with an atheist and you are listening to his arguments and you're like god like this does not even make sense like this is so stupid and he is arguing with you like what he's saying is 
very correct he's bringing science and blah blah and he's, he's sounding woke and correct and you're like you are not making sense and to him he's telling you that there's i mean someone that even tells you that there's nothing like the truth that there are many truths look at that even look at that argument look at how daft that argument is to start with so someone that starts and argue a conversation with you with that on that pedestal how do you not tell the person that what you are saying is the truth when even when he's lying he believes that is in another form of truth so do you understand so god had to save humanity from that trajectory so humanity needed some lashes and that was exactly what god did to humanity god gave us those lashes that was required so that god can get that group of people that we understand fully the law of god and the love of god the group of people that would feel the love of god even in chastisement that group of people that would understand that um, the reason God is ash on us is not because he's wicked, he's ash on us because he loves us and he wants the best for us and he wants the best for us and the joy of every believer is that God perfected his love in Jesus Christ, he perfected in love by coming to this world to die for us and that is why I'm speaking to anybody there listening to me, um, you've not given your life to Jesus like you 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 need to you need to you don't there's not much time on your part you need to because god has always loved you he has always loved you he saved you he saved you from that from a devilish trajectory he saved just like my parents were saving me from becoming that guy that i will not be proud of that nobody will be proud of from becoming that guy that that would have been a disaster to the community just like my parents were saving me from that god saved humanity from the a trajectory that would end it and that is why he came to this world to die for you and that's just the message that he died for you he died for you he showed his love by dying for you you see last week i was talking about how how that suffering the suffering we experience in this world is just the price to be paid for our refinement um one illustration that came to my mind during the week is um the illustration of gold so imagine when you are will you say you say you are not justified to refine gold knowing that you have to take it through fire i hope you get that illustration like if you must refine gold the best form of gold is when it is refined habi and if you must refine gold that means that means if you must bring the best out of a gold you have to pass it through fire and that is the essence of suffering sometimes you you you, you may and that's why you can't stay the gold can't be in fire and be and be claiming oh i'm suffering like it's it's well, it is, it is, it is, it is myopic. It should be myopic. That's why it is myopic for any man to be on this world, on this earth, on this um, dimension, and claim that okay, God is evil or something is evil. Why? Because God is taking humanity through that fire process so that it can refine us. He is refining us, and that is why it's, um, the joy of every believer is that this world is the worst place for you. No matter how rich you become in this world, no matter how horrible or whatever this world is to you it will be the worst place for you because you are going to be called unto paradise where you will live in the eternal glory of god and that is the joy of every believer that's the joy of every believer when you look at the old testament look through the new testament it is the same story it is a story of how god saved humanity the old testament is 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 not an exception from the salvation of jesus christ to the people it is a story of how god interacted with humans and saved us from that part of destruction and i hope you come to realize this and accept the love of god for you and come to him today um if there's anybody there that is giving his life to christ i pray that 
um, your salvation is permanent in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much again for tuning in today. Don't forget, this is the Vessels of Final Foundation. And by the way, my name is Femi Family, in case um, you did not know. Thank you so much. It's another amazing time. I hope you have fun. To me, it's worth it. Thank you.